0: Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm your host, Jared Weich. With me, as always, is my co-host, Dominic Orlando.
1: For the past 10 seconds, I was strongly considering doing like a Borat voice, Oh Um, God! but I haven't done that in, you know, probably a decade and just decided against it. It seemed irresponsible Um, and probably like best case, it would have been really offensive. Worst case, it would have been like downright just not something that should happen anyway.
0: I appreciate the thought behind the decision. We're going to be moving forward. Thank you for this press conference. We will now adjourn. Uh, Sorry for an episode last week, guys. If you noticed, we didn't uh, upload episode what should have been two hundred and ten. I had a lot of editing issues, and by the time I got done fixing everything, it was already Tuesday. And by that point, why upload it's old news? So this will be, you know, episode two hundred and ten, the Redux, uh, second chance at it, like a bad habit. If you haven't paying attention to video game news, you'll know that nothing's really happened this week outside of this content uh, or creative director at a studio owned by Google Stadia making one of the worst hot takes about streamers uh, ever. Um, You can go and look that up yourself. But yeah, um, terrible takes on the Internet these days. No news, though. (laughs) Not a whole lot of video game news that's really worthy of talking about, anyways, on the podcast. We've gotten some updates to media remotes for the PlayStation 5 and Mm -hmm. some optimization for Xbox uh, Series X and S ports, but nothing really substantial. In the meantime, we're going to be doing the 2020 Metacritic Fall Predictions Extravaganza. So. From time to time, uh, Dom and I like to do this thing where we look at games that are coming out and kind of predict their Metacritic scores. Um, Obviously, it doesn't really pertain to how we're eventually going to feel about the game or anything like that, but it's fun to think about how the industry is going to review these games. Um, We go with Metacritic over OpenCritic just because Metacritic's more popular overall, Um, though I tend to personally look at OpenCritic a lot more than Metacritic. But, we have listed 10 games coming out this fall in 2020. The 10 most notable or interesting games. And we're going to be thinking uh, or predicting uh, what their Metacritic score will be. And uh, we're going to make our predictions now. Closest to the score that's posted on December 31st, 2020 gets the point. So That's something to n- n- know because obviously scores can slowly drop over time or rise maybe a couple points over time. So we're going to be taking these scores on December 31st right as the year ends. Um, And the score counted is the highest among next-gen consoles. So keep that in mind too. So a lot of these games are cross-generational or they're also coming out on PC. We're going to be looking at the highest next-gen score. So essentially the highest score among the series and the PlayStation 5 versions of those games. Keep that all in mind. First up, we got Bug Snacks. Starting off with a PS5 PC exclusive launch title for the PlayStation 5. It's being developed by Young Horses. It's going to be releasing on the release date for the PlayStation 5, which is November 12th, 2020. Now, when looking at Bug Snacks, there's some things to consider. It's very Pokemon-like, obviously a lot of its influences. It's a little bit quirky. Uh, the previous game for the developer, Young Horses, was Octodad Dadliest Catch. Now, if you think about this, Dom, Octodad... Got quite a lot of praise for being wacky, right? Really cool, fun game where multiple people can control tentacles on the arms. It's a little frustrating to handle. Not really a story there, but the gameplay is chaotic, and it's just a good time to watch or experience yourself, right? What do you think that game reviewed like back in the day when it came
1: out? I'm going to give
0: it a 71. So it ended up with a Metacritic of 69.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Nice.
0: Which is a little bit lower than what I would assume because people look back fondly on Octodad, right? A lot of people like Octodad. Obviously, it was frustrating to play, but the sentiment around it is pretty much positive. So that was interesting. So when I was looking at Snacks, I had to factor that in. Okay, Young Horses, they made Octodad. This game is going to be weird. It's going to have some weird stuff. We've already seen some of that, the undertones of mystery, right? Under the jolliness of whatever this Pokemon-like game is. There's probably going to be a little bit of jank because this is in a AAA studio, right? When thinking about the score for this, I have to think about also how people feel about wanting to play a Pokemon style game on a non Nintendo console, right? That's a big thing. People who, not everyone <clears> owns a <throat> Nintendo Switch and people like Pokemon and, you know, yearn for the days when it comes over. I am getting a little bold on this one. And my prediction is that it's going to land at a 75. Hmm. That's a, quite a bit higher than Octodad, yeah. right? Quite a bit yeah. higher. But I do think there's a lot of like earnest, good, well-intended writing in this game that's going to catch people off guard. I think the difference with this game as opposed to Octodad is Octodad's thing was its weird controls, which that can really infuriate and frustrate people, and it can really affect the review scores. With this, the wackiness and weirdness to me seems to be story-based, and I really think from early previews, people understand what this game is it's pokemon snap meets pokemon and i I think it just has a jolly vibe to it i don't think it's trying to be anything other than what it is so yeah i could definitely see this coming in in the mid 70s where do you sit on bug snacks
1: i'm gonna get it with the i'm gonna stay with that 71
0: 71 okay so a little bit better than octodad but still low 70s yeah what do you think the biggest knock on this game is going to be when it releases if you had a guess
1: I say not length, but substance or depth, maybe. Um, okay. I think like it could be a, you know, a fun little game, but uh, might not be like, might not have too much going on. Like, you know, kind of a, a shallow gameplay loop and not, you know, not too deep of a game. That's, I, I couldn't have like, I don't have too much info. I'm a little bit ignorant on, the, on this game, just for yeah. transparency. But that's just like a kind of, based on the trailer and stuff, that's just kind of a potential vibe I got um, from it.
0: Also, I think if this was an Xbox exclusive at launch, I think it'd have a higher chance of getting higher scores, but because it's a launch title for the PlayStation 5 launching alongside some other games we're going to talk about later, I don't think it's going to have the forgiveness of, uh, you know, exclusive coming out not along alongside a lot of stuff would have, so I think That's it may point. be judged against those other games as well. So, as it sits, Dom is going with, what did you say, a 71, right? Slightly 71. above Octodad's. I'm going with a 75. I'm a little bit more optimistic. Uh, In the case of a tie, by the way, so if it comes out 73, we both get a point. Uh, I think it's better to boost our scores than to eliminate scores. We could say neither of us get a point, but let's say both of us get a point. What the heck. Next up, we got an Xbox launch exclusive, at least for next gen. Yakuza Like a Dragon. This is the seventh mainline entry in the series. Changing up quite a bit for this game, right? They're going with a turn-based combat system. Uh, Which is quite shocking to a lot of people, because if you don't remember, Dom, the way this was unveiled is they showed this game off during April Fool's. And everyone's like, okay, it's a Yakuza game, turn-based combat. This has to be a joke. What is this? And they're like, ah, got you. Sega's like, got you. It's actually a real game that's coming out. Um, Interesting. Looking at this, obviously, we're not super familiar with Yakuza, either of us. Um, I've downloaded Yakuza 0 and Kowame. Uh, Yakuza 1 Kwame or whatever, because uh, I want to eventually try to get into them because uh, I've heard so much good about them. The developer is Ryu Ga Gotaku Studio, okay? Obviously not a studio we're super familiar with, but they've done all of the mainline Yakuza games, okay? And as we've heard, they've been really praised. Looking back, their last mainline entry title was Yakuza 6. And that came out as an eighty-three, right? Pretty good score. Looking at the rest of them, all the remasters for the Yakuza games are all in the in the mid to low eighties, right? Hovering in that area, so they all review pretty well. And to me, I'm assuming that the people who are going to re- be reviewing Yakuza Like a Dragon yep. are people who have reviewed all the other Yakuzas,
1: right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, and I think that the change in combat might be refreshing for the series and take it in a new direction. And The one criticism I'm seeing is it's not performing like a next-gen game, and with that, I don't think that's going to be reflective in the review scores all that much, right? It's like, I don't think it not running at a fluid 60 or coming out at 4K textures is going to influence the rating enough to make it drastic one way or another from what we've seen from the studio. So, I'm going with an 85. Like I said, Yakuza 6, 83. I think because of the change in combat system, it's going to be refreshing for reviewers. I think with that type of combat, it's a lot more streamlined of a video game experience. So yeah, I'm going with uh, with an 85 for Yakuza Like a Dragon.
1: That feels high to me. I'm going to go 82. 82. So slightly lower than Yakuza Six, just just mm-hmm. a bit.
0: Uh, and what is that? Just hunch.
1: Yeah. This is another one. I don't. I don't have. It's just not a not a game, not a series I have uh, you know ever played, so it's kind of kind of a tricky, tricky prediction.
0: And that game is coming out with the launch of the Xbox Series uh, consoles, which is November 10th. So keep that in mind if you're looking out for that game. Next up, what was once gods and monsters, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. So the day of recording this, we're recording this podcast on October 22nd. A lot of previews have been going up about this because of the demo that's available on Google Stadia being developed by ubisoft quebec, release date of december 3rd, 2020. Now going back, I'm like what else has ubisoft quebec done? Well, their last title was AC Odyssey, right? I'm like, okay, a really good title that reviewed 87, which oh shit, it deserves really? that cuz yeah, it's obviously hmm. we love Odyssey here, Cassandra's the the girl here for us at this podcast. Um, but looking at the problem with Immortal's Phoenix Rising outside of the weird name change, is that it's shooting for Assassin's Creed and Breath of the Wild, then it's just going to be one of those things where it doesn't hit either of those highs, right? There's no chance it's going to hit either of those highs. It has a little bit of that double-A jank to it. The, you know, the art style really isn't super interesting. Um, and I do think that it's going to be one of those games that when you strip away all of the triple-A polish of an Assassin's Creed game and deliver it in a more family-friendly scope... I think a lot of those flaws rise to the surface a lot easier, right? We're like, oh, okay, it is a lot of points on the map to go and do uh, levels of interest. Oh, this isn't as interesting. Oh, I'm fighting these same enemies over. Like, I think a lot of that stuff's going to come up even tougher for this game uh, when you see that same criticism levied at the Assassin's Creed series. So for me, I'm going with the 70. I think it's right on that mark. I could definitely yeah. see it being in the 60s. I could definitely see it being Whoa. in the low 70s but I'm going to go with 70 straight up and play it safe. Cause like I said, we're doing these review scores right in December 31st. So I think maybe it comes out as like a 74. And then over time that score just slowly drops. Right. Uh, as more reviews come in, that's what it is for me. 70 for Immortals Phoenix rising.
1: Yeah, I can see that too. My vibe on this is uh, similar to what we said about bug snacks, where it'll probably be an all right game, you know, like fundamental fundamentally sound and good, um, but when you put it up against like all the, when you think about all the other games that are coming out this fall, you know, several of which right, right from Ubisoft also, um, it just feels like it's, it's just not doing anything new and unique enough and cool enough to kind of stand apart. Cause I, I did watch some, like a gameplay, uh, demo from like a month or so ago. And it just kind of, yeah, like, like you said, it it was just a lot of copying from, you know, Breath of the Wild and from Assassin's Creed, but like without any of its own unique flair, it had weird comedic dialogue that just was corny though, you know, like worse the than the animations are a little
0: janky too.
1: Yeah. It just seemed like it, it just didn't have like its own soul almost. I know I'm getting weird with this <laughs> <laughs> assumption here, but I got a similar vibe as you doing. Um I'll give it a little bit more credit. Um I'm going to say like 71.
0: Okay. 71. Uh, Okay. Okay. I actually forgot to write down your Yakuza one. Which one? What was that? What did you give Yakuza? 82, right? Three. No, no. 83 was Yakuza six. And I think you did 82. And then I said, oh, just a little bit lower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can change it to three if you want.
1: No, let's go with two. I got to stick with my first instinct. (laughs)
0: Uh, Another thing I want to mention is out of all of the games this fall, I think Immortals Phoenix Rising has the highest chance of having that Days Gone disparity of it. Possibly not reviewing very well, but the audience loving it, right? I can totally see it as one of those games where the people get their hands on it, love just playing in that world and having a blast, but from a critical perspective, it may be not uh, reviewing all that well, but we'll see. Next up, we have The Medium, which is this really cool horror game from Bloober Team coming out December 10th, 2020, exclusively on the Xbox Series consoles. Looking doing research for this by the way their last previous title was Blair Witch which got a 69 which I don't think is in the same zone as this because this is like a launch title for Xbox seems like Xbox has been backing this game whereas Blair Witch just seemed like a passion project almost um like a weird license deal that being said horror games don't really review all that well even the Mm -hmm. like the ones that we remember as being great If you don't know, Bloober Team also did the Layers of Fear games. And people love those games. I love the Layers of Fear games. In my mind, I'm like, oh, those have to be like in the low 80s on Metacritic. No, those are in the low 70s on Metacritic. Despite how praised the Layers of Fear titles are. So seeing all of that, I'm going to be a little generous. I could totally see this being a low 70s game. But for me, I have, because of the really cool mechanic in the game of switching between the underworld or spirit world and the regular world i think if they hit that mechanic it can do a lot for that game so i'm gonna go with the 76 like i said a little bit optimistic because um, i could totally see it being in the low 70s but yeah i'm going with the 76 for the medium
1: yeah so this is uh kind of the opposite of what i was just saying about phoenix immortal whatever the heck that jumble of a name the last <laughs> game was um this uh does seem to like have its own like crazy unique mechanic um that they're really pushing and that the game is kind of built around which is what you just mentioned about like switching between the two worlds like on the fly um so i think that is going to like so to speak win you know win some people's some some hearts of the reviewers um to make it like you know a, a worthwhile game and stuff so i even if there's like some jank around it and it's not like the, uh, you know the deepest game outside of that i still think like them trying to like implement this this new mechanic um, assuming it works as advertised which I think it should you know I think it'll be pretty cool um, I think that'll go a long way so I'm gonna say I'm with you I'm feeling optimistic but I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say, you know what let's do it I'm gonna say 78. We're going up 78. Okay. I
0: feel really optimistic one. than me. Yeah. It looks really interesting. And that's one thing though. Horror games don't always review very well. This doesn't just look like the typical, Oh, jump scare, right? There's a really neat, authentic mechanic to it. And it does have a soul that you'll probably be traveling between. Uh, <laughs> next up call of duty, black ops, cold war. This is a big call of duty game this year. It's being developed by Trey alongside Raven software it's coming out November 13th, 2020, so just a day after the PlayStation 5 releases. Now, Modern Warfare that came out last year has an 80 on Metacritic, right? Which is a lot lower than what I'd assume because I enjoy that game quite a bit. Black Ops 4, which was the last Treyarch title, has an 85 on Metacritic, which is pretty impressive. Now, what we know about this game is that there was a lot of turmoil behind the scenes with its development. Remember, it was originally Raven Software and Sledgehammer. And there was a lot of fighting and bickering going on between those two studios because Raven wanted more control of the actual development of the title. And Activision came in and said, hey, you two brothers, stop fighting. We're pulling you apart. Sledgehammer, you're going to go work on something else. Treyarch, we need you to get this game in, get this game finished. They came in, turned it into a Black Ops title. It's Black Ops Cold War. I do think that'll affect it somewhat. Um, And I do think that though the Cold War is in an era we've super been into in Call of Duty, I don't know if it's going to hit on the same way as in terms of review as Modern Warfare, because they do tend to take bigger risks with the narrative in the Black Ops titles. And I don't know how much they were able to change the narrative that was already in the Raven software game. So for me, with Black Ops Horde being an 85 and Modern Warfare being an 80, I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to go with an 83, just because I'm not sure where this is going to land in that, you know, avenue of review scores. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's kind of the safe bet. Yeah, looking at like the, the averages for all the, you know, la- la- latest Call of Duty games, they all sit between like, you know, 75, 79 and 85 or so, right? So, like, you, you could probably safely guess anywhere in there. I think this one is interesting because it's going to come down to where that campaign hits. Um, and yeah, knowing that they might have had some development trouble and some back and forth type of thing going on. And, of course, like, Call of Duty has to come out every single year. That kind of limits what a team can do, right? And also
0: keep in mind, this is uh, Treyarch's first campaign in a while. Black Ops 4 didn't have a campaign. Remember, that was a big thing. That game didn't have a campaign at all.
1: Yeah, man. So I'm going to go high on this. Um, I think the campaign is going to hit. I think it's going to be a fun story. Um, I mean, Black Ops 1 and 2, I love those games. The last Call of Duty games, like, I really got into. and I like them for the campaigns. They're always interesting enough. Three, I didn't I never got into, but I think they went like futuristic with that one and wasn't really Yeah, a lot
0: thing. of people didn't like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just I gotta I think this campaign will hit. I think they figured out a way to pull it off. Um and they're bringing back characters, right, from Black Ops one and two, which is always yeah. a you know, little bit of fan service or whatever it is, uh you know, that can check some boxes for some people, even those reviewers. So I'm gonna say eighty five. Four. 80- Four.
0: 84k okay, slightly above me and the interesting thing is I think Modern Warfare and Black Ops are the safest bets in the Call of Duty world Like those are the two most beloved series. So you can't go wrong there. I will see what happens next up This is one of the this has, I think this has a huge swing on it Watchdogs Legion this game can land anywhere across the board uh, developed by Ubisoft Toronto their last game was Far Cry 5 but they also did, uh, so I have the two last review scores for one, the last Watch Dogs game, and also the last game that Ubisoft Toronto did. So Ubisoft Toronto didn't do Watch Dogs 2. That that game came in at an 81. Uh, they did do Far Cry 5, and that came in at an 82, right? This game comes out October 29th. The big thing with this game is that a lot of the reviews are going to be predicated on the current-gen version of this game, right? Because the next-gen version obviously doesn't come out till the next-gen consoles. And I don't know how much those are going to reflect in the Metacritic score at the end of the day to tilt it in one direction or another, because if you didn't know about Watch Dogs Legion, its core mechanic is you can basically get anybody in the world to be a part of your secret hacker group. And it's doing a lot of things technologically. It's pretty lofty in its uh, goals for what it wants to do with its mechanics. And I do think it's going to be hindered by current gen software or hardware, sorry. And... I think this game will be better on next-gen systems. I personally am waiting to play it on the next-gen systems because I want to see it at its full potential, right, instead of being held back. That being said, like I previously mentioned, I think a lot of the reviews for this game are going to be on current-gen systems, and therefore it's not going to review as well as I think it will review on next-gen systems. So I think Watch Dogs Legion will come in with a 78 uh, on Metacritic.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty good. Um I I don't have as good of a feeling about it. Um I think, you know, that that mechanic of there's not really a single protagonist, I think that's gonna maybe hit really well with a couple reviewers, but I think it's also gonna miss <laughs> maybe more often with others. Um and it's not this is less of a case of uh what if we're talking about like a persona game, you know, the people who review that are gonna be really into persona, so they're gonna understand it. This is gonna be, you know, this is kind of a, a wider audience kind of a game. Um, and a and big a, risk. Exactly, and a big risk and a, a brand new mechanic. So, like, I, I just don't have, like, full faith that so many reviewers are going to like it that much. Um, I'm not as worried about, like, it being on this gen versus next. Um, in fact, well, whole discussion for another day. But I think uh, I'm still going to go lower. I'm going to say 73. I think it could pull, great. like... Like, I think Which is still out, a good
0: review like, for a game, by right. the way. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Just maybe not quite as high as uh, some other Ubisoft ones, maybe. And that's the you thing, know, thing is the like Watchdog games, at least.
0: This game has a chance of being more fun than it is good, right? It totally has a Marvel's Avengers thing of like hmm. people can have a blast of this game, but it could also not review well. This could also be when I said earlier for Immortals, this could be the game where. The user base loves it and the critics don't like it, right? It could be the Days Gone situation. I think those two are probably the biggest candidates of of that disparity Mm -hmm. between the two. Um, Yeah, interesting. I I think I am being a little generous at 78. I do think this game could totally be a, a, a low 70s, even a 60s, depending on how... How broken it is at launch. Like that could totally be a case too of it. The system just not working. How repetitive are the different people? Like if you get all grannies on your team, like people want to do, do you then notice the flaws in, oh, these are all different, but very slightly. Like it's not really like these are individual characters. They're just slightly tweaked versions of the same grandma, right? You could see that in the final reviews
1: of the game. It did get like a pretty significant delay, right? Which isn't necessarily a good sign. Um, cause maybe it still needed another one, but the fact that it got, you know, like what six, delayed six or seven months or something like that, I think, um, potentially, you know, says, Oh, they, it was broken and they took the extra time to fix it. Right. So uh, you hope at least,
0: I do think this is totally also a Titanfall two situation of why is this game coming out so close to Assassin's Creed? Like, obviously we know why, cause they want to get sales and stuff, but I just think they're setting this game out to die either way in terms of sales. Like it's Yeah. Or push it to the next gen release so it launches day and day for everything. I don't know. It's very weird the way they're handling that game. Anyways, next up, Demon's Souls. This is an interesting one. So obviously this is being developed by Bluepoint and Japan Studio. Releasing uh, November 12th alongside the PlayStation 5. The original Demon's Souls is at an 89 on Metacritic. Obviously that was developed by From Software. Another bit of research I went and did is that I went and looked at the original Shadow of the Colossus, Dom, and then I looked at the remake of Shadow of the Colossus because that was also done by Japan Studio and Blue Point Games because I wanted to see the difference in the review score, right, of how different it was. Turns out the original Shadow of the Colossus, 91 on Metacritic. The remake, what do you think the remake was, or did you, did you already look it up?
1: Uh, Blessing was talking about this, but I, it was better. I think it was 92, right?
0: 91. Also 91. Same. same. Okay. Yep. And he might've checked it at, at an earlier time and it had not dropped. Right. Cause that's just how Metacritic is. Um, yeah, same score. Now you can sit there and say like, okay, well, Demon Souls originally got an 89 Jared. Do you think that, you know, the remake is going to get an 89? And yeah, that's the case. I'm going with an 89. There's a little All bit right. of pause there And the reason I say that is I think at launch, it'll be in the low 90s. I think it'll be like 91, 92, right? Somewhere in there, 90, 91, 92. But like I said, we're going to count these scores December 31st. And I think by the time December 31st comes down, it'll drop to that 89. Because we've seen in the past, it's really hard to have a, a Metacritic score that stays a 90. A lot of games launch into 90, but then slowly drop two or three points into the high 80s, right? So I think that's what's going to happen to Demon's Souls is by the time that December 31st, comes around it's going to be at an 89 sitting safe and pretty with um the og version of that um what do you think
1: i'm going i wanted to say like 91 or 92 i wanted to but and i'm not i've not done this math but to get that average i feel like you have to have a 10 or several 10s perfect scores for sure yeah um Whereas like anything lower than that, you don't necessarily you could get like a lot of nine point fives kind of a thing, and I I think it will be improve upon the old score, so I'm gonna still I'm gonna go with ninety, so it's gonna be a little bit better, just because um, this is just the type of game that it's just poised to review well because no one is gonna be given the job of reviewing this game that isn't intimately familiar with FromSoft games, Um, and this is granted i've never played this is the only one i've never played but you know it's the original and it's supposed to be like a lot of people's you know top one or two from soft games and that was you know even thinking about the original game so if they're able to you know modernize this and just the way it looked from that trailer like it graphically looks incredible um and there were some janky things with the original game that i've seen some you know gameplay clips of too like that can be approved improved upon like uh uh not so much making it easier but you know quality of life stuff Uh, obviously like the loading times because this is a ps5 game we expect you know are going to be non-existent some a lot of stuff like that i think it's going to be better so i'm going with 90. and the interesting
0: thing with this game too is we can compare it to shadow of the colossus because it was an og game that got remade by the same development studios there's a big difference there like shadow of the colossus not taking away from its greatness a very very simple game mechanically and scope wise, right? In terms of comparing it directly with Demon's Souls. Which Just means it's an that
1: easier remake. It's
0: it's it harder to screw up, right? In my opinion. It's like harder to screw mm-hmm. up because it's so simplistic. With Demon's Souls, not only is it a game that's a lot bigger in scope, like you said, people who are gonna be reviewing this are very intimate with From Software. And if Blue Point and Japan don't nail it in the way that feels uniquely from I think they could get docked a little bit harsher by the by the critics, right? Because From has this I don't know team eco. When people review those games, I think they're a little bit more friendly to them. Whereas Die Hard From fans, if somebody else is touching it, that's not From. They're going to be a little bit harsher on it, right? So it could go either way. I still don't think there's any chance this game reviews lower than a, than like an 86, 87. But right. it'll be interesting it's to see where good. it falls in terms of high 80s, low 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. Next up. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is being developed by Ubisoft Montreal, releasing alongside the Xbox Series consoles November 10th, 2020. Here's the thing, they didn't develop Odyssey, right? So Odyssey had an 87 on Metacritic. They did, however, develop Assassin's Creed Origins, and Origins is sitting at an 85 on Metacritic. Obviously, people laud Odyssey for as good as it was, but Origins is very good in its own right coming off of a two-year hiatus where the last mainline entry, Syndicate, finished with a high 70 Metacritic score. This is a pretty big jump. I'm pretty confident in Ubisoft Montreal. My one worry is all of the issues with the game director and him leaving. With that, though, Ubisoft has so many developers and their teams are so large, and this game was so far into development that I don't think him leaving really affected this game at all. Um, And I do think that we've seen upgrades in terms of the visuals of this game recently as opposed to when we first saw the title in in June. I'm gonna play it safe and because it is departing even further from the Assassin's Creed formula, I'm gonna go with an 83. So it would score the lowest out of Odyssey origins in this, but I just think the way this game is being developed, I the you know it's being a launch title uh, coming out of, alongside all of these other games. I do think that they may be a little bit harsher on it because we're already past the quote unquote new Assassin's Creed, right? The reboot of the series. And I do think it is at a point now where people are going to start judging it with the even, you know, finer microscope. So I think 83 is a safe score and that's what I'm going with.
1: Yeah. I think I'm similar to you where a lot of people really loved Odyssey, um, and if they're like me, then a lot of that was built on that protagonist uh, that we ever we can't ever stop praising Cassandra on this show. <laughs> but um, if Valhalla doesn't have, you know, that doesn't have an, an intriguing protagonist, then uh, I think that could make a big difference in this, because otherwise it's, uh, you know, they, they, cha- they say they change some things up with how you do quests and, you know, a handful of other things. But... Plus the base building. There's like some new stuff
0: outside of that. But I'm with you that the reason Odyssey got an 87 is because Assassin's Creed games are always like built pretty well. It's always a narrative where they get dinged on a lot. Right. And with Odyssey, everyone loved Cassandra. I doubt the high scores were people playing as Alexios <laughs> for that game.
1: Right. So. Yeah. And then if you look back even further, like people really loved Assassin's Creed uh, 2, you know, uh, people loved Ezio. And then as soon as we hit Assassin's Creed 3 with, I want to say his name is Connor, um, you know, he was bland and no one liked him. And that, like, among other things, that really hurt the review scores for that game. So, uh, like you said, the the narrative and the characters can make or break uh, these games. So I'm going to, I think I'm with you. I'm going to go in the lower 80s. I'm going to say 82. 82?
0: Okay. I do think there's not a chance it drops below an 80 just because this team is very talented, you know. Uh, And I remember Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag was essentially a launch title too, that cross-gen title. Uh, And I don't remember how that reviewed. I didn't look that up. Could you look that up real quick? What's Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag?
1: Need an apostrophe, Dom. What are you doing? uh and it's not the number four it's roman numerals yeah it's the roman numerals (laughs) i'm just swinging out on everything here oh but it's IV, not four eyes wow (laughs) okay so Uh, yeah 80 well this is interesting on playstation 3 it was an 88 but on xbox 360 is an 86 and then on pc is an 84 Okay. On play- PlayStation 4, it's down to an 83. That's odd. Whatever. <laughs> it's well, hard. It had
0: issues on PlayStation 3 when it came out. It had, like, weird. I mean, a lot of games, third party games, had issues on PlayStation well, that's, 3.
1: That's the highest one was PS3. at an 88.
0: Okay. at least at said 83 for some reason. Yeah. PS4. PS4, it must sorry. OBS okay, so was opposite of that. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Which is um,
1: odd. Because, yeah, usually you're right. The multiplat PS3 games kind of got dinged a point or two because they didn't run as well.
0: Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, interesting. Uh, next up, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, this game is coming out obviously on PS4 and PS5. Insomniac Games is the developer releasing alongside the PlayStation 5 on November 12th. Previous game, Marvel's Spider-Man is sitting at an 87 on Metacritic, which is higher than I thought it would eventually land at because I love that game. Absolutely love that game. But, you know, people can be with superheroes and all that stuff. I'm surprised it's still stuck in an 87, which is pretty great. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Some interesting things here. Smaller scope, right? Much smaller scope. Releasing on two generations of consoles, but once again, for the sake of our extravaganza, we're only looking at the highest and next-gen score, which is the PS5, because it's not coming out on Xbox, obviously. Here's the thing, Dom. When I'm looking at this game, it may be a smaller scope, but I think that might help it in reviews because I do think it could trim a lot of the issues that people had with Spider-Man. The Mary Jane segments, the Miles segments, um, just a lot of that stuff that the, the, how would I put it, the blow in terms of the side missions, right? Like a lot of that stuff. I do think, and I loved a lot of that stuff, but I understand from a critic's perspective why those would get dinged. I think because of its smaller scope, because of the love people have for Miles, because of the representation in this game, and I know those last few things I said don't really go towards reviewing the game, but I do think because of that, writing a narrative for that character that can absolutely nail. And they've already established this world. They've already established a lot of the systems. I think the one concern I have is a, how different does the combat feel and how unique does it feel? Right. Um, Because I enjoy the combat in Marvel Spider-Man, but it does need to feel unique to miles. And that's a big thing. And to the scope though, I'm saying this could be the reason why it reviews higher if it is way shorter than we think it's gonna be, that could affect it too, because you, know, you don't really review based on like the length of a game, but in that sense, pacing is a huge thing, right? Does this thing feel like it's paced out of its mind in terms of it's too fast, right? Of like they needed to get from point A to point D to point C as absolutely fast as possible. Is the writing good? Um, like, there's a lot of questions there, but I'm pretty optimistic on this game. I do think that trimming a lot of those things because they've already stated Miles is the only playable character in this game. And that could be like developer fluff of like maybe there's a secret thing where we play as Peter for a small segment. But I doubt we're getting, like I said, the Mary Jane segments or the Miles segments to that extent that we did in the original Miles or Marvel Spider-Man. I am going Dom with a 90.
1: I thought this might be the first game on the list where like, that each of us, each of us had like you know, actually different predictions because we've been a basically a monolith thus far, We've <laughs> <Like> within <laughs> yeah, two points close. on every yeah. game. Um, because uh, I thought I was I was crazy for thinking as positively as or as hyped as I was because I'm also super high on this and I think this has like super high potential. Um, whereas a lot of sequels um, sometimes get dinged for being too similar to their predecessor. Um, I think this. Um, isn't as much at risk for that, but more will be looked at through the lens of, like you mentioned, perfecting, you know, the the handful of things that just weren't quite perfect um, in the last game, right? Uh, and that's, being that we're getting a different protagonist, I think is kind of what drives that, where, like, if they can make Miles feel um, just a little bit different, you know, different enough than Peter did, um, then I think they've accomplished, like, that... You know, defeating that that risk of it being the same game as, as um as the original, especially when we assume that it's the same map. I don't maybe that's already been said, but like it's got to be the same or very similar map, except there's snow, right? So it's like, going to
0: be Brooklyn for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if Brooklyn was in Marvel Spider Man. Is one if it was one of the if it was in I don't know, but it's going to be smaller. It's going to be covered in snow. That's pretty much all we know,
1: <laughs> right? Um, yeah so there is a little bit of risk of like, it's just the same game, but I think, yeah, being miles now, a pretty drastically different, you know, character, um, with different powers. Um, like this game, I think just is in the position to do really well. Um, I really, I think it could be propelled even a little bit further if, I mean, they, they have to somehow show like, this is different. Miles is not Peter because miles is black. And that's different, frankly, right? Like the way the world is going to interact with him as Spider-Man, especially he's also Hispanic, Hispanic, right? So
0: Latino, technically, because he's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So like the way the world, especially a vigilante who aren't always, you know, looked upon highly by law enforcement, uh, that's going to be different for him than it would have been Peter. Um, I guess. Kind of collapsing on myself a little bit here, because if you don't know who Spider-Man is, you wouldn't know. He's Miles he's and he black. know he's black. So I guess I didn't yeah. think of that. <laughs> well, done. his suit is black, though, and
0: they could do some symbolic stuff there.
1: Yeah, and so I, I really hope that – I don't expect it to be like, you know, that's the whole theme of the story or anything weird like that. You know, it's not going to be over the top. But, like, there has to be, like, they have to, you know, address certain, you know, racial themes in this game. And I think that's important, especially as, like, how Miles is treated by the police and people around him. I don't know. I just – I Actually, think the there's point, a potential though, there. there. It could also be, sections... be messed up.
0: Yeah, there could be sections where monster. you experience stuff through as Miles, right? Not as Spider-Man Miles, but like as Miles and Genki, like going throughout their day-to-day lives and him having an interaction with the police officer, not as Spider-Man and seeing how different that is than interacting with him with the mask on, right? You could have that parallel as
1: well. I'm, I'm literally picturing um, Miles kind of, and I've been thinking about this for a while and I don't have all the details, but he gets, you know, in trouble doing something like for the purpose of helping someone, like as Spider Man, but he just didn't happen to have the suit on. Yeah. And maybe like, and so a cop stops him, right? And he's like, no, you gotta let me finish this. I gotta go save so and so. And he's like, I'm Spider Man. Like the suit is in my backpack right now. And he pulls it out. And the cop's like, yeah, yeah, right. And just doesn't believe him, you know? Yeah. I could see something along those lines. And then the rest of it kind of writes itself. But that's just something I pictured in my head. Um, I and don't to know, your- I think that's gotta be part of it.
0: And to your point of you know them trying to make sure that this doesn't feel like the same game with the you know just a different skin on the main character, uh, Lost Legacy came out after five Uncharted games, right? And they had the difficult task of making sure that it felt like its own game, right? Like why make an Uncharted game without Nathan Drake? Like what's even the point? And they nailed it. Uh, and obviously that was Naughty Dog and Insomniac. And for Insomniac, they're only working with one other game. So in my mind, if Naughty Dog can handle that, I think both of those studios are immensely talented. I do think insomnia can nail it too. So
1: yeah. With all that being said, so, what do you think? I'm gonna go ninety-two. Like it, 92, I think it's okay. this is gonna pull like a like a like a big ten, like IGN or GameSpot. Someone is someone bigger is gonna you know one of those uh, sites that are weighted heavier on Metacritic is gonna hit it with a ten. It's gonna kind of propel it up a bit.
0: Yeah, I'm just worried about some of the saltier critics that are gonna be like. Uh, it's neat playing as Miles, but I would have preferred a brand new map, or you know what I mean? Like it feels too similar, that kind of stuff. That's why I set it at a 90, because by December 31st, I'm like, are you know, is some of the, the love and polish of that game gonna fade away and it drops to a 90? Um, We're both, these
1: are super high predictions, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: next up, the last game on the list Cyberpunk 2077, being developed by CD Projekt Red. Releasing November 19th, 2020. Witcher 3 got a 92 on Metacritic. The DLC for Witcher 3, Heart of Stone or Hearts of Stone, got a 90. And Blood and Wine got a 94. So we're looking at a pretty good track record here between their last three releases. Here's the thing. Cyberpunk has obviously, 2077, has been going through a lot of turmoil in terms of crunch in the media. There's a lot of questions about the writing of this game and how problematic it could possibly be, especially with the Latinx community. There's a lot of stereotypical stuff that's been around since the initial previews of this game at E three. Remember we had this discussion about meow yeah, especially me who's as somebody who is uh Latinx and grew up in, you know, this type of culture, a lot of that stuff is a little cringy. It is a little like, man, did you just watch eighties movies with you know, Latinos in them and it's Latinos like-
1: and like it's cringy to me and I couldn't be, you know, less exposed to that culture than anyone <laughs> on the planet. It's yeah. still cringy to me. So, yeah, As a white dude
0: in Michigan, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh I think that's where my worry lies in this game. I do mm-hmm. think from a gameplay and mechanics perspective, I think it's they're going to nail it. Like knowing CD Project Red and the craftsmanship they put into their games, I think if you were literally just reviewing everything that wasn't narrative or writing, this game could easily likely be a high 90s, right? 95, 96. When you add in that layer of the writing of this game, and the nuance that needs to be had, and the current political climate we're in, I don't know if they're necessarily gonna nail everything. And to me, The Witcher 3 was a surprise to a lot of people. Now, it's not saying that Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 didn't review very well and weren't praised highly, they were, but Witcher 3 was CD Projekt Red's like coming out party to the world, right? In general, as as a, a monolith, high quality developer in this industry. Cyberpunk 2077 is them going into a completely new theme, into a completely new genre. Uh maybe not a completely new genre, but you know what I mean, but like especially a theme. Uh mod, you know modern futuristic RPG as first person to fantasy RPG. Different perspective as well. Different uh core gameplay, right? Instead of melee combat. I mean, you have melee combat in the game, but they're also having the shooting mechanics, right? First person shooter. I just think a lot of this stuff ends up putting it in a place, especially with the writing, where this gets judged a lot more critically than Witcher 3 did. Now that Witcher 3 exists, because we know what they are at their best, right? And I do think there's a direct comparison for CD Projekt Red now. And to me, in my mind, I see this game coming out, getting a lot of nines, maybe one or two tens, maybe a couple of them. Hits at a 92. 92. As these other outlets that don't maybe get the early access to the game to put it up on embargo, start playing this game, you start getting a more variety of opinion on this. And to my point, I'm just gonna put it bluntly, there's not a whole lot of Latinx reviewers at high marketing yeah. places, So I think the initial reviews aren't gonna be as harsh on it. And I mm-hmm. think once more people in the industry get a hold of it, that's when you'll see a lot more of the lofty criticism towards I don't want to say exploitation because that's a little harsh, but just the tone deafness of it in some aspects. And I could definitely see the score dropping. And that's why I think it's going to be an 88 when it's said and done. Uh, I don't think it's going to stay a 90 just because there's so much going on here. When you make a fantasy game with a bunch of white people, you don't really have to worry about that stuff. When you make a futuristic game with all these different cultures, you know, your lack of experience or focus on that is going to shine and, I don't think cyberpunk's going to end. I, I think we'll love it. Don't get me wrong. But I do think 88 is where it's going to land at the end of the day.
1: So you're saying 88. Shoot. All right. Um, man, so I... One of the best parts, probably the best part, actually, I'll say, um, it, from The Witcher 3 was, to me, the the writing in... Especially in all the side quests. Like That's yeah. kind of what took that game, like, over the top, right? And so any amount of, like, that cringy dialogue and and characters that we expect or that we've seen so far from cyberpunk I think are going to be kind of outweighed by like incredible writing in the side quests and the quests and then additionally like you pointed out most reviewers at the big sites aren't Hispanic so it's not going to bother them potentially as much um, at least not it'll probably get pointed out plenty but I don't think that it's going to get dinged you know review points significantly from it especially when the other the rest of the writing is so good Um, I'm assuming where I think it could get dinged though is I mean this game's coming out on a lot of platforms Um, it's already been delayed we know they're going through crazy crunch and have been to, to get it done it's coming out on Xbox One, S X, Series S Series X, Playstation 4 Pro and Playstation 5 you know and PC of course so like and Stadia it's coming out at launch on stadia yeah crap i mean that's a lot of platforms man and like cd project like they're wizards don't get me wrong but like even Witcher three at launch you know had its 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 fair share of bugs and i think a lot of reviews cited that too so i think that along with like its first person gameplay you know like a good portion of that is going to be melee gameplay which they publicly said they're not quite sure if they got it right um so that combined i just think that it could be buggy i think it could be buggy as shit um yeah i think people could run into like you know game breaking type bugs and losing saves or crazy stuff like that i think is not out of the question but then i also think like the the shooting and the melee combat itself might not be like you know as good as we think as polished as we think because um, that's a big change from the witcher games so i like in my heart i want to be like oh and it'll, it'll come out to a 93 right but i think i'm i'm more aligned with you on this and, i mean it's not as interesting of a conversation because we're always so similar but <laughs> um i like 88 i think is reasonable i'll say man i'll say 90 90%. at the end of the day. I think, like, the writing is going to be fucking bomb, and the world, the world I think, is what's going to, like, bring it home and over the top of, like, just exploring Night City and all the crazy characters and all the nonsense and ridiculousness. I think it's just going to bring it over the top.
0: And just to clarify, I hope I'm dead or wrong. Like, I hope this game is, like, a high, mid, low 90s. Um, but as somebody who is, you know, Latinx, I, I'm worried because... Mm-hmm. If I was reviewing this and it had a lot of those issues, I would ding it for that stuff because if you're going to write about a culture, you should maybe get it right. And maybe they have. Maybe they've reworked a lot of stuff. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. And here's the thing, too. It's going to be tough because a lot of these gangs are based on cultures. Like, there's the Jamaican culture, right, Uh, that's in one of the gangs, the Voodoo Boys, which is, I guess, not necessarily Jamaican. It's more like Creole. Um but if they nail that and then they mess up the Latinx thing, it's like, well, it wasn't because they weren't focusing on doing the culture right. It's that they messed up on one of the cultures that they were doing. You know what I mean? It's gonna be complicated. We'll see what happens.
1: That is an interesting discussion. Like, and a lot of people are bringing a lot of that stuff. That a lot of that stuff up that like I've never thought about. But like a lot of times you see these stereotypes, especially in games, where like, oh, yep, we have like the the Jamaican group or whatever, and like they're all wearing Rasta hats and like they're called the Voodoo Boys, and it's like. Uh, here we go. I mean, I don't know. And then well, yep, to or... clarify, so you don't
0: get roasted for this, I made the mistake of saying Jamaican. The voodoo stuff is for like Louisiana and the down south, which is technically like Creole folk, mm-hmm. which are closer okay. to like French, you know, than they are to Jamaican, right? Because like all the whole Creole stuff is like African American and French cultures kind of mixed together, so okay. more Creole than Jamaican. That was my mistake.
1: <laughs> okay, that yeah. yeah just probably, to clarify, I mean, so you don't get roasted. <laughs> I'll probably maybe i deserve it but like and then a similar thing because i've been playing ghost of uh tsushima and it's like okay everyone's japanese and it's like is there every single time that in a video game there's a lot of japanese characters that like uh, everything like their only motivation is just honor
0: oh yeah that was a big thing with ghost of Tsushima, yeah
1: right and it's like i don't i don't know (laughs) it i'm kind of like noticing that as people pointed out like oh yeah that is kind of every single time um I'm not the one to say if that's right or wrong, but uh, it just seems like maybe there's more to people in groups than video games display.
0: Well, that's why we need to have uh, more people reviewing these games that come from different backgrounds, right? And making Uh, them exactly as well. So it's two bonus things. We have a, we have a chance to get four bonus points, Dom. And I didn't, Uh I'm not springing this on you until right now. And I'll go over my review scores for you after I ask the questions to you because obviously I have the list in front of me of our scores and you don't have that. Um, One, we're going to pick the biggest misstep, which is the game, the the score that each of us decided was the farthest from what the score is going to be. So basically I'm going to pick the score that I think you got the the most wrong, right? So which one I think you said was the farthest from what the actual score is, and you're going to do the same for me. Then we're going to do the opposite of that, and we're going to pick the score that we think each of us got the closest to what the actual score is going to be, right? So basically, I'm picking what I think you got most wrong and most right. And you're picking what you think I got most wrong and most right. You, you want me to? We'll do the first one of which ones we think we got most wrong. I'm going to tell you the game and my score, and then you can decide, K okay, Dump. So Bug Snacks, I said 75. Yakuza, 85. Immortals, 70. Medium, 76. Black Ops Cold War, 83. Watch Dogs Legion, 78. Demon Souls, 89. Valhalla, 83. Miles Morales, 90. Cyberpunk, 88.
1: All right, so it's between two, and I think you're high on both of these. I think you're high on Bug Snacks and Legion, Watch Dogs Legion. Now, that being said, I'm going to say Bug Snacks is too high. That's the okay, that's biggest miss.
0: I think one of the ones that could be a trap is I could be dead wrong on cyberpunk too. It's like kind of low for what people expect from that game. And if that game comes out like as a 94, I'm six points off. You know what I mean?
1: 94. Uh, 94.
0: You know, that's... <laughs> we never know. I'm just saying, I think Maybe you're it's an 82 close. and I'm still six points off. huh? <laughs> but yeah, Bugs that to me is, a is call. more likely. Yeah. It could bug size could only be like a, a 68 dude. and I'm off yeah. like seven points. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just
1: kind of, it's the biggest unknown I think out of the whole list. Probably.
0: I'm looking at your scores real quick. And the funny thing is like a lot of our scores are very similar. So it's like, yeah. which one do I think I also got wrong? <laughs> right. Um, Let's see. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Yakuza, like a dragon. You said an 82. I don't think there's a chance of that, that game's below an 84. So, oh, I'm just double-checking. Bugsnax 71, I think you're about right on that. Yeah, like, a lot of these were, like, one point separated. The only one I we're know. kind of far on is Watchdogs Legion, and I don't think you're too far off. I think I was being a little bit too optimistic. I think you're closer with 73. See, so yeah, I'm <laughs> going to go with we'll
1: we maybe should have done like uh, picked our scores ahead of time before talking because I'm wondering if we like confirmed each other's biases a little bit and just kind of <laughs> who knows talked each other into it like oh yeah, yeah you got a good point like, yeah. but
0: we both have the same amount of information here you know what I mean mm-hmm. So we're both going into picking our scores with on the same level whereas one of us could have done more research or saw something that the other person didn't see and then sure. you know what I mean so I, I think this is better Now we're picking the one that we think we nailed the other person nailed. So which one do you think I got most right? Do you want me to read through them again?
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to.
0: <laughs> okay, Bug Snack 75, Yakuza 85, Immortal 70, Medium 76, Black Ops 83, Watch Dogs 78, Demon Souls 89, Valhalla 83, Miles 90, Cyberpunk
1: 88. Call of Duty. That's like a, you know, that's a fastball right down the middle.
0: You know. Okay. What did I give it? 80
1: uh, something. 83.
0: Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to go with uh, Demon Souls. That's what I, I that thought we were going to go with. Yeah, I thought uh, of that too. I considered it. Let's see. Which one did Dom get most right? The stack 71 is a pretty good prediction. Uh, I think that could totally <laughs> nail it. Um, Watch Dogs Legion 73 is also really good. Valhalla 82. Good. No. Miles Morales 82. Uh, it's that funny because be the one you picked wow. for me was one of the higher ones. The one I pick, I might pick for you is one of the lower ones. Um, you know what? I think, huh? I think you nailed this Buck's next one, man. Honestly, too. The seventy-one.
1: It feels so, that's where it's gonna be. I just got a feeling.
0: So to you know recap, I think Dom's uh, guess of Yakuza being an eighty-two on Metacritic is his worst prediction. And I think him saying Bucksnax is going to be a 71 is his best prediction. Dom thinks my Bucksnax prediction of 75 is my worst prediction, and my Cold War of 83 is my best prediction. Once again, if we get those right, we get two bonus points. The person who was asked the question, not the, you know, the the score we're looking at. So keep that in mind. So if you get a if you pitch perfect, you can get 14 points. That's what we're aiming for. 14 points perfectly. We'll review this list. I'm going to save it. We're going to review this on December. You know. The first podcast of the new year. Uh, But on December 31st, I'm going to check all the scores. I'm going to post it in Discord for Dom, so we're all on the up and up. And then we'll go over it on our first podcast back after the holiday break that we normally do. This was a fun episode. We didn't really cover news, but this was cool, going by game by game and talking about it, Dom. How did you enjoy it?
1: No, I agree. It's definitely fun. I like doing. It was your idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Normally, you have all the ideas uh, for this kind of stuff. But I find, yeah, these kind of episodes, unless there's, you know crazy news um that's always fun to talk about but uh, when there's not like this week is slower news week like it's fun to do something like this and especially because like there's a lot of big games coming out this fall man it, like a few months ago yeah. earlier this year it was less clear um you know we didn't even know Spider-Man Miles Morales was a thing and and so on and so on and so forth but yeah there's a lot of big games so it's kind of fun to you know figure out kind of predict where they're going to land
0: yeah i mean with the game awards too like we don't even know what's on the horizon for next year either which is really exciting it's going to be announced there. Do we see a return of, man, it's been so long dumb. I forgot the name. Oh my God. Uh, Elden Ring. Whew, That was close. I almost forgot the name. Really I it.
1: forgot all about it. Um, but yeah, where's that at? And then also maybe we can, you know, we're probably going to have to do some game awards predictions later on, but like, do we see a trailer for Starfield that ends in Xbox console exclusive only on Xbox? Yeah. I don't know. I think it can happen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to have a Game Awards prediction. I mean, if this Microsoft event gets formally announced for on the U.S. side of things, it's not just a New Zealand thing. We might do a prediction for that, too, the event that's happening the day before the launch of the console. So we'll see what happens. Uh, also, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a look back at our favorite games of this current gen. Hopefully, we'll have some guests on for that, too. But it was a good time talking about these Metacritic predictions. Real quick, I don't have a whole lot to say about what I've been playing. Maybe you do, Dom. Uh, in terms of what I've been playing... Pretty much the same old, same old stuff that I talk about all the time. Uh, Fortnite's Halloween event started, which is pretty cool. The whole, like, map's covered in fog. Still working my way through the battle paths, trying to get all the Marvel stuff almost done there. They added, if you finish almost every challenge in the game, Dom, because they have Wolverine, right? They added his classic, like, white tank top cigar in the mouth skin, like his OG, like, Wolverine skin, which is pretty cool, on top of his, like, his, you know iconic blue and yellow and then his OG yellow and brown suits so I'm trying to unlock that as well Marvel's Avengers I have some late breaking news uh I reached max total max level with Captain America gear level oh, 150 nice. character level 50 good to go for end game content really excited there uh the one mishap is that all of my armor is five stars because they'll have individual ratings too of like how good they are. All of my armor, except for one piece is five stars, that one being a four star. And I've been looking for like three weeks for a four star of that specific item. I have five star and I just can't find it. So I'm working on Hulk now, uh, having a blast with him. I have him level 50 gear level, like 120 something. So I'm getting close with him too. Like I said, game's not great, but it is fun. I just love playing that game. It's my podcast game. And I can't wait for the quality of life stuff with, uh, you know, improved loading times and performance stuff and Kate Bishop and Clint Barton and all that stuff. Man,
1: so while I'm in this prediction mood, uh, a few months back, I believe I predicted that Marvel's Avengers would outsell Call of Duty Cold War, which we now know is the title, in the year 2020. Yeah. Do you think that's realistic? I'm starting to doubt it. It
0: sold the best in September, like Avengers did. The thing is, is it's it's if they can get uh, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton out both before the end of 2020, I think you have a really good chance. Mm-hmm. If this recent push with the DLC happened where... Because Kate Bishop was supposed to happen in October. If her getting pushed to November pushes Clint to next year, I think you might be on your toes. Also, it's Call of Duty. Like, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I think yeah. it'll be closer than people think either way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, we'll see yeah. what happens there.
1: Certainly. I mean, by the time it's, like, Avengers, that's going to be a game that's going on for, like, maybe a decade. Or certainly throughout this whole next generation, right? So certainly by the end of its life, it's going to have sold 20, 30 million copies or something like that.
0: Yeah, it'll outsell Cold War at the end of the day. But oh, in 2020, and right. probably not, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, that's it for everything I've been playing. Haven't hopped into Animal Crossing Halloween stuff yet. And they haven't released the uh, Crown Tundra DLC for Pokemon until tonight. Which, obviously, ah, like I yeah. said, we're recording October 22nd. supposed to come out today. thought it was coming out this morning, not till
1: later this afternoon. Um, yeah, but that's that. you played anything of note? Just more Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it's still a lot of fun. It's the first, like, uh, big open world game in a long time where I have felt, like, really compelled to, like, go to every single question mark and find yeah. everything. Um, I don't know, it's really... I think I said last week, like, it's just the world is so really beautiful and nice to look at like so exploring and going to find those little things even when you might not care about the actual reward um it's just kind of nice like exploring and and discovering stuff and clearing zones and all that kind of typical open world stuff it's um it's got some rough edges i'm you know the more i get into it the more i'm finding it's it does that annoying video game thing where there's no button prompt to climb a ladder and um so you find yourself like you know going into the side of the ladder you're like doing that thing and you're like why can't i climb this damn ladder it's like you know that's one thing there's a few other small things like that that you're just like "Hmm," you know those little nuisances that hopefully get ironed out um i do want to try this new legends update that they came out with um that apparently a lot of people seem to love um i don't know if it's something that like you need other people to play with because then i might be out of luck but um it seems interesting at least so
0: yeah, it has a lot of games to service elements in terms of finding gear and all of that. And if you really enjoy that gameplay, it's probably a blast. A uh, really cool concept because we, we've had this discussion before. PlayStation hasn't really done a good job with the multiplayer stuff this last gen as a whole. Right. In terms of yeah. exclusives. And this is really cool because it does give a you know an exclusive multiplayer experience that fans have kind of been harping for for Sony to have. Um, some people are like oh are all first party games going to have this type of thing moving forward where they add a multiplayer mode post launch I'm like I don't know cool your jets a little bit there like, I think really this won. was more so sucker punch than it was playstation yeah. you know yeah. um, where's factions though I'd be down to uh, yeah we'll see what happens there anyways thank you guys for listening to episode 210 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast you can find us on iTunes leave us a review five stars definitely helps us out you can find us on Spotify as well listen to us there have a good time YouTube, search Controlled Interests will pop right up. Subscribe to us there for so you never miss a new episode of the podcast. Like the video. If you like the video, leave us a comment. Let me know what's going on. If you enjoyed the show, you want to respond to anything we've said on the show. Um, what else am I missing? Twitter. You go to Twitter, Controlled Interests, at CTRLINT. That's Controlled Interests abbreviated. Our account will pop right up. Individually, you can find Dom at Dom's Oreos. You can find me at Jared underscore. I want to preface this. If you don't like reading political tweets, maybe don't follow me until after November 3rd because I have my fair share of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> we'll or catch do you next week.
1: and try to take some advice and learn some things, too, or have a perspective. I don't know. Never mind. I'm going. getting weird. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or,
0: you know, reply to my tweets and let's have a conversation as long as you're, ah. you know, respectful. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways uh we'll be back next week hopefully talking about our best or not bet well in our mind the best games of this current gen we might do something else depending on if any big breaking news happens we'll catch you guys then bye